It is your Classic Metal Show right here on theclassicmetalshow.com. That, of course, is the voice of Zach Stevens. That's his new band. It is called Archon Angel, and the name of the album is Fallen. And on the line right now, we have the lead vocalist of Archon Angel. That is the one and the only Mr. Zach Stevens. Zach, how you doing, man? Good. How you doing, Chris? Thanks, man. Good, man. Dude, it is great to speak to you once again. Um, love the new project. I, it is, you know, I. it's funny because I, I know for years and years while you were, while you've been pushing and building circle to circle, every interview pretty much that you did had, what's going on with Sabotage? Where's the Sabotage reunion? Where's the Sabotage reunion? <laughs> And now here you are doing a project that very much, I don't want to say it's a sabotage knockoff as much as it kind of has the spirit of sabotage to it. It's a, it's a great project and any sabotage fan will love it. And, you know, so let's, let's start there, man. Congratulations on, you know, giving the fans what they want. I pre, you know, I appreciate that. We're, you know, the album, you know, we hear that it has a little bit of the spirit of sabotage, but it's got the spirit of a lot of, a lot of great, you know, heavy metal, you know, through the years and stuff sure. like that. I can probably pick out like eight or nine bands in it. Sure. So it's really far and beyond, you know, the, the sabotage spirit, but we just wanted to celebrate what that style of music is. And, you know, Archangel, this is a, uh, you know, something that was born of the frontiers records. I mean, they, they knew that I had worked with, Aldo Lono Bile, the producer of this album, and we worked together a couple of times before. He was the he produced, um, uh, you know, Timo Tolki's Avalon. Right, Return to Avalon. Met that's right. So the songs um, that I sang on that, I was working with Aldo. You know, um, kind of on the producing end, and he plays guitar and writes songs and. Okay. You know, they saw that we worked well together. So Frontiers Records kind of came up with the idea, hey, why don't you guys do an album? Um, and they, you know, ran it by Aldo. And he said, that's cool because we just work really fast and good. We don't have to be in the same country to do it. Right. Uh, we work efficiently in different countries together, you know, with the uh, age of recording and all the software and, you know, the electronics to, to the point where it is. You don't have to even be in the same continent to do great albums together. So they kind of could see what was going on. So that's how, you know, Archangel was, you know, invented. So okay. I didn't even, it's funny these days you can have bands and you don't even know who's in the band. I mean, I, <laughs> I met the guys in the band before we played our first shows on 70,000 tons of metal. Okay. Uh, this cruise ship we just got off of. And, uh, that was from I think January 5th through the 11th. Okay. Um, we played two shows on there along with 60 other metal bands, complete mayhem, metalheads running everywhere. I've done three of them. I did number that we just, this was number 10. So I've done two, four and 10. Okay. Um, and, and I did the other two with circle to circle, my, my last band. So, um, we, you know, we've had a lot of experience with it and everything. And it's always presents its own challenges with the times you have to play and, you know, one of our shows was 10 o'clock in the morning on the on the pool deck, and we had a windstorm the night before, so it was 52 knot <laughs> continuous winds on stage. I At one point in my monitor mix, I had more wind coming through the various mics than I could, than I had a, probably any other instrument. So that was kind of, 
So I never had that before. Um, so you and uh, we also played the first big show right after the ship took off. So you feel the the props kick in and it feels like an earthquake in those big ships when they first start out and they have to kick the engines in and the props first start turning. Sure. So I'm like, are we having a like, is that a low end rumble in sound check or is that the engines? But it was the engines cranking up. But um, so we had a you know, we I think we had like the third highest turnout or something like that, second or third highest turnout of all the shows, they kind of like keep track of how many people come to the various uh, locations because sure. <laughs> there's like seven different places to play. But these days we got together for a rehearsal in Miami cause it left out of um, Fort Lauderdale port. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time we met everybody. <laughs> I mean, I had talked to everybody online and discussed stuff with each guy as they're playing their tracks on the album. But you know, that's just crazy these days where you can, you know, you meet everybody the day before you have a long rehearsal and you get on the ship and play the show the next uh, evening. So it's like, so we've just really just started. Sure. Um, and we have a little tour, mini tour that we booked for Greece and going to Cyprus and, and um, also stopping over in Istanbul, Turkey. Um, that's in the works right now. Um, I'm sure they've already announced some of the dates because every, everything has been uh, kicked off on that. And that's for... Um, probably the April one through the 15th. So it's just okay. a little mini tour. I haven't played Greece in probably eight or nine years. So it's about time to get back over there. Sure. Um, so, you know, we, uh, we're just kind of just starting out and we'll see how, how it goes. No kidding, man. Well, I'm curious for, for you, Zach, as somebody that has done this for a long time, are you comfortable doing you know, especially, I mean, that that's kind of an odd situation to meet your band the day before you play. And, you know, there's definitely something to be said about knowing your band and knowing, you know, knowing their little idiosyncrasies for, for how they play on stage and where they stand and where they move and, you know, knowing cues and whatnot. Was that a comfortable, comfortable situation to go into, you know, pretty much blind? Well, um, you know... When you've been performing a long time, you know, I, I don't really think about the semantics of the stage and stuff like that. I'm, you know, there might've been a few little things, but pe- we didn't really worry about where everybody was going. Everybody kind of, you know, kind of like has their spot. I'm pretty much working the middle of the stage and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, so for the most part, logistics was no problem. Um, we kind of had a little meeting beforehand saying, Hey, here's where I'm going to be, you know, working. And you guys kind of like hold your, um, you know, positions and, um, you know, you kind of just, like you said, you just got to take it one step at a time. I mean, we learned a lot. Sure. Uh, we had a lot of adjustments that we've made since even the first two shows. Cause you know, there's a whole lot of things that have to happen. And if you have a band together like 10 years, you don't have any of that. It's all seasoned and it's all worked in. So obviously, yeah, we're going to have a lot of adjustments to make and who knows it might look different. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, within a year or two, you might already even have lineup stuff, you know, going sure. on. So who knows right. right now? Everything's good. Um, so everybody's just, you know, working on the, on the, uh, the points that we had for improvement. Um, you know, we've, it's just like a baby. It's just been born. So there's a, a wealth of things to improve. Um, but we had some good luck. Uh, we knew we were going to have to have a little bit of luck, you know, going into a situation like that. So we did. We had some decent luck and people, you know, the audience and 
we got some great feedback and it, it was it was well received but you know yeah i mean i could probably name 90 things i'd like to improve already so <laughs> you know it is what it is you know um you know we're just going to move along and, and do the best we can and you know do go places that you know the band wants to go like this little you know mini tour of the mediterranean sure um, and and you know let the music take you where it will. But the best thing is that everybody seems to like the stuff, you know, so far. Oh, yeah. So we're just going to keep on hammering out the live shows and stay busy. You know, that's just what we're trying to do at this point. And you just got to take it one step at a time. Sure. Now, now Zach, you, you obviously spent the last decade, decade plus with Circle to Circle. And, and you know, being on being honest, Circle to Circle in most people's minds is Zach Stevens. You know, that, I mean, because mm-hmm. you were you always did all the promotion for it. You you are the, yep. you know, the centerpiece of it. Was there a temptation with this, even though it's new people and, you know, what was there a temptation to continue calling this Circle to Circle since it's a brand, a brand name that you had built up for a decade? No, not really. Um, Circle to Circle had its own, you know, family type situation going on. Yeah. We had we had turnover in the lineup, just like a lot of bands. We probably could have been more, but maybe it could have been less. Um, but it, it wasn't extraordinary. So what we did, we had a little writer team, me and Mitch, um, the bassist, okay. um, Mitch Stewart. And so, you know, that right there is kind of the you know, the, the way that, that that was going in the later years, it, it was, it lasted 13 years and seven albums. It could still do something. We don't know. It's kind of just dormant right now. Okay. Um, just, you know, if a, if a certain opportunity comes up, maybe, you know, um, but things run their course. And in my mind, it had its time, um, you know, 13 years and seven albums, isn't too bad, no. um, to stay out there you know, to stay busy. It was definitely my thing. There's no doubt about it. Um, and you could have probably just called it Zach Stevens, but you know, <laughs> I, but it had its own, you know, membership and it had its own, you know, writing team within the band. So that one would stay there. Um, I didn't really think about any, any kind of carryover from circle to circle into Ark and Angel. I, this has definitely got its, a lot more writers, um, a bigger team, which is something that we wanted. We wanted a great team effort and we would bring in outside writers. There are a few outside writers that came in, in Italy okay. and, and my wife, Catherine as well, doing lyrics and coming up with a lot of conceptual stuff. So we've expanded the team, um, right. It's kind of a family thing in my house okay. because both me and my wife have a lot of, uh, a lot of input into Archangel and have a lot um, of that we deliver to the team. It's probably, if you expand it to writers, you probably have a team of nine or 10, um, that's working on Archangel because we have the band of six. We generally travel with six. Sometimes it might be five, okay. depending on the, uh, the limitations of a tour or, you know, the, the number of, you know, uh, that, that a promoter can handle. So we have a band that can either be six or five right now. Um, depending on the situation, I think it might be five going into Greece because that's a, a, you know, we have a situation where the promoter can handle a certain amount 
So it looks like it's going to be that, but we know that we've got members that are, you know, that one can be go, go somewhere one time and not go the next. Okay. And then we, we could switch off instruments. One of the guitars could be playing bass. Um, so we're flexible sure. because we're new and you have to be flexible, but it's fine. Uh, everything gets done. We have two keyboard players that are possible that play with us. Um, we may be seeing the second one as we go into Greece because Alessandro might be busy um, because he plays with Hardline. Sure. So keyboard player in Hardline and, you know, Archangel. So that's all right. Um, everybody's got to stay busy. Right. And that's totally cool. So, you know, we're just real flexible right now, but we have a, you know, expanded team. So to me, Archangel is a complete different new entity because of that team. Sure. And for that reason, I would not, you know, and there, and heck, I mean, we've thought about saying, you know, why don't we just call it Zach Stevens? Well, the problem with that is my musical um, taste and what I might want to do on a pure solo record could be widely different than just metal. Okay. So I, that's why I didn't call it the Zach Stevens project because, you know, geez, I would have to really sit. I haven't done a pure Zach Stevens album yet. Uh, for that reason, because I've just haven't had time to sit and say, gosh, what would this thing have on it? It's right. certainly going to have elements of metal. It's going to have elements of hard rock. It may have some newer type sounds. Who knows? Because I like so much wild new stuff out there and old stuff. And it's crazy. But that's probably the reason it hasn't been called. That was probably the reason that Circle Circle or Archangel is not called Zach Stevens, because these bands are going to have a, a specific sound. Sure. So, and the sound that I would, the sounds that I would like to have on my solo record could be that plus maybe four others. So okay. it could be a wide expansion of things on an album, but I'm not really worried about it right now. That That's going to come eventually, but you know, we'll just have to set, see where life takes us for the next four or five years. I think. No question. Well, you, you know, you mentioned Alessandro and, and, you know, obviously he is in Hardline as well and he works with you and he seemingly works with everybody else. I mean, it's like I, I hear yeah. this guy's name with just about everybody I talk to. What is it about him? that is is there just like a, a different level creativity or something with him that everybody is so in line to work with him? Well, yeah, he has a unique uh, you know skill set he writes good stuff and he's a great guy okay. he's you know we said we're only going to work with people who just you know are really good you know nice generally nice people who don't really have a lot of hang-ups and no drama you know no divas um and he's just a great guy you know people right. want to work with him he's he's just so funny he's so nice to me he strikes me as hilarious because like everybody knows me i like to laugh all the time and I make jokes about everybody and, you know, just talk about everybody and everybody's a victim around me. You know? <laughs> so, but with, and I, you know, he's just perfect for that. You know what I mean? I mean, not somebody to make fun of, I'm not right. saying that, but you know, we joke about each other and any little thing and, you know, he's just so nice and courteous and kind that it just makes you, he just makes you smile. You know, when I'm talking about right now, I'm actually smiling because the guy is so absolutely nice, you know, and that works in the business. Sure. People want to work with people who are easy to work with, talented, can write some. He writes, he plays great. He sings some, which is great in my book. I want singers around me, you know, because the stuff I write usually requires two or three singers. Sure. 
many times two, all the time a couple, and many times three. And if I could have four after being in TSO and, you know, all the sabotage, you know, stuff that we right. did through the years with counterpoint vocals and me working in a band with 10 singers, of course, I'm looking around going, more singers, more singers. <laughs> Deliver them in on a silver platter. Right. So, so it's always uh, welcome. So, yeah, just a lot of things with, with Alessandro. No question. Well, you mentioned TSO, and, and obviously TSO has become such a, a – um, I'll say a monster, but in the nicest way possible, it's, it has just become this massive thing. You know, when, when it started, when it branched out of sabotage and became what it has become, you know, before it became what it be, what it has become, what did you, did you really think that it was going to be this big thing or was it just another project that became something huge or where did you see it as somebody that, you know, was, has obviously been in both projects? Yeah, we, we had the, it, it, the funny thing is the whole thing started from like an accidental Christmas hit that we, that right. occurred on a sabotage album, dead winter dead. Right. That is Christmas Eve, Sarajevo, Sarajevo. 12, 24, right. the song everybody knows and that became our staple and we play it two times a night one time and then, then a reprise of the song the second time um so we when we saw all that happening um we knew that two things number one we didn't really have a follow-up because the only thing you're going to have you just not another christmas song on that album and it's really a story about the the breakup of the former you know yugoslavia right into like nine countries so there's a story there and there's stories within stories and sadness and, and, and intrigue and all that, but it, it's not totally dedicated to Christmas. So that was the first thing that we discussed with Paul O'Neill when that happened was, well, we can't follow it up with a rock song with John and Zach singing. So we're, we're pretty much going to have to go a different direction. So he said, give me a couple of weeks and I'll come up with something. Well, he came back and said, I got something trans Siberian orchestra. And I said, Hmm, <laughs> it's a long title. You know, everybody's going to look at it and go, that's horrible. Boo. You know, you know, the naysayers when somebody comes up with a great right. a visionary, like Paul O'Neill comes up with something, but we had seen him win on so many occasions that I don't think people question it by then. Right. And I'm like, I'm seeing this and I, it gives us an avenue to make that come out with that Christmas single the next year in 97, which eventually became Christmas Eve and other stories. And then put it on there and then surround it by other cool Christmas songs. And uh, I was like, obviously that's what you have to do. So I thought that it was a, something that had huge potential even back in 97. Um, and I sang backup vocals on it. We had to bring in all kind of new people because you had to be a little careful not to be wanting to say, Hey, I want to sing three songs. Then it just becomes sabotage, mm -hmm. you know, come. so you had to kind of, everybody had to kind of realize especially the vocalists that we have to step back a little bit and let this thing, you know, become something different. Um, that was kind of the, one of the harder parts, but that's just one of those truths of the business. So, but I still got to sneak in there and geez, I basically sang something on almost every record, if not a lead track, like on Beethoven's last night. Right. So, and that was in 2000. So you're going back 19, well, 20 years mm -hmm. now. <laughs> it just seems unreal, but, yeah, it has become a monster because it has a way, it found a way to um, attract fans of all ages. When you look out there, sure. 
you've got you've got everybody from their if they can drag their five year old and put earmuffs on them uh, so it won't be too loud all the way to people in their seventies and you know even the sabotage fan base if you got into sabotage when I did in the mid eighties you're looking at mid fifties mm-hmm. age range right there so that's our main base for sabotage so you have those has making up a subset of the uh, overall fan base. So it is quite strange that it just grew to something so big. It is great for the guys who, a great storyteller for the guys who are the original six. Sure. You know, the guys that were coming along at the time. There were members before that, but during the TSO era, there's mainly the, you know, we've got Al Petrelli, Johnny Lee Middleton, who play in the West Band. Right. Then we've got myself, Jeff Plate, and Chris Caffrey of the original six in the East Band. And John, he doesn't tour with any of the bands, but he's there, you know, approving all the, you know, approving everything to do with the music. He's still on the leadership team, which now is probably six or seven people in a committee rather than just one, which was Paul O'Neill making right. all the decisions. Sure. He touched everything. Like, you know, he was like a guy who had his hands on everything and would make pretty much all the final decisions. But when, unfortunately, when he passed away, I think they did it right by taking it to a committee of probably upwards of six to 10 people. When you talk about management people thrown in there, um, on the round table, sure, so to speak. So, you know, um, and I especially give credit to Ireland, uh, O'Neill, Paul O'Neill's daughter, who's about, I don't know, maybe a month yeah, not quite a month older than my oldest daughter. Okay. They were born within a month of each other. Our, um, and and, and uh, I have two daughters, Cass, uh, Cassidy, who's 22, who's about the same age as Ireland. They were born right there together. So that was always me and Paul's thing was, hey, our first kids were born within like three weeks of each other. Yeah, boom, fist bump. Right. <laughs> so then I have a, you know, another one came around six years later, Zoe. She's 16. Um, but, uh, but a family that, that still knows everybody, Ireland knows my kids sure. always, you know, especially my youngest one, because their paths crossed a little more, believe it or not. So Ireland is a, is a huge part of the leadership of TSO at 22 years old. Wow. I mean, a scholar beyond all imagine, um, just, I mean, basically had a college degree the minute she graduated from high school Sure, because she jumped ahead and. So you're talking about a lot of knowledgeable and, and you know, um, a lot of smart, you know, people around the industry and and around the band, you know, mm-hmm. that we invite, you know, whether it be the booking agents, um, you know, the promoters we work with, Live Nation. Sure. Uh, there are several more. There are others besides that. But when you look at that whole team, that's another example of a great team that had that that requires a, a huge team right. to work together in, you know, in, in, in synchrony and, you know, and it's, it's a well-oiled machine, but it took the whole 21 years to get it this well-oiled. I mean, in the beginning, you know, you were asking the question, did you think it would, you know, do anything? And then right. the first couple of years we toured was just little theaters right? and everybody, we didn't know, you know, you look at the guys, especially, you know, the stories that Caffrey tells, you know, and Jeff Plate, mm-hmm. you know, the drummer who's been in the East for every every show they ever played. Sure. You know, 20 years coming from Sabotage. And then, 
you know, the stories that he will tell about the earlier saying, God, we didn't even know if we were going to be able to finish the tour or <laughs> if they were going to meet payroll, you know, or right to, and it was real scary. But then you stick with it and you just keep working hard and, and put out those records um, yeah. and have something to play. Mm-hmm. So now we don't have to make TSO probably doesn't really have to make any more records. There's so much material and people just, you know, like it. But I think there's a, there's a, a yearning to do another one. Sure. Uh, we'll have to see how that comes out, how that plays out. I'm not really sure, you know, what the decisions are on that, but, sure. but there's always the ability to do it, right. you know, and um, we'll see how it goes, but it's just phenomenal when you look at all the moving parts that have to come together for that, <laughs> for that tour, the hardest part of the year. Oh yeah. All those trucks, 19 sure. to 23, 53 foot semis on that's just for one company. You know, we have the mm-hmm. two bands Yeah, and we go into three. Cause I don't know if you heard the latest oh. announcement that we are adding a third band to kind of take care of that middle of the country a little oh bit my more. Gosh, the part that you can't, that we can't quite encompass with the band being on the east, with the east band concentrating on that east mm-hmm. coast and the west band being out there way west. There's that piece in the middle right. that we could do a better job at. Now we're going to see for the first time uh, that we can take that on. You know, so <laughs> it's interesting, you know. Wow. Uh, <laughs> now you have to watch that thing unfold and all the decisions made with that. But you know, I don't think they're taking, I think the bands will remain intact. In other words, the new one's just going to be all new people. I don't think they're okay. going to be taking from the East and, you know, taking and pit, you know, piecemealing everybody around and, right. you know what I'm saying? Assorting mm. stuff like boxes of candy from, from the East and West band. Um, right. that's from what I understand. I don't, you know, I don't know too much, but I think it's just going to be all new, but you know, yeah, I, we just heard that. So, um, that's been announced. Um, it's not secret, but, but so now three well-oiled machines and, uh, that's a lot moving around in the wintertime. So you always hope for the best. (laughs) Well, it's just fascinating that, you know, one song and it literally, like you said, it's, it, it stemmed from one song and one song literally spawned what is arguably the biggest band in the world. On some level, when you think about it, there's there's two right now, two now going in three, three bands. And and let's face it, a lot of the cities that you play, you play like here in Cleveland, you play two nights and you play, you know, two shows right. in two nights, you know, two shows each night in two nights because there's that kind of a demand. It really is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah two shows on most days for sure. Yeah. Um, which is a taxing, you know, to be, you know, sure. we look at it like we got across the finish line. Do you know the people, <laughs> the band members <laughs> right. were like, God, they're the end of schedule alone. The the biggest thing that you're fighting for is sleep. Right. Because of, the, you know, just the amount of, you know, every day, boom, boom, a new city and two shows most days. And, you know, it's just a, you got to kind of figure out how to, you know, manage that whole thing personally you know, and whatever works for you works for you. I mean, everybody's got a personal schedule, but it has to be something that, especially for singers that includes sleep. That's the most important thing for singers Right, is actually sleep and some vocal rest and, you know, doing the smart thing, especially when you get older like me, you know, we got people in their twenties, we got singers in their twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties. Right. So the older ones, we have to be even more regimented sure. because can't go fooling around 
and then you wind up missing shows because you get ill and we're already exposed to tons of people. We have the signing lines, right? So you have to be, you know, you can't really control all that when it comes to catching some, you know, some yeah. disease Flu agent, but right. you do the best you can and you, you know, use, you know, the hand hygiene and, you know, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And you just, um, you just, you just hope for the best. You do. <laughs> we have to, and again, you better have an element of luck in that part too. Right. We need a lot of luck in the show business, you know, and show business, we're always hoping for a lot of luck, but you need talent and you need luck no and, and that you also need it in the business. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, but you're right. It probably is the biggest entity and now probably, uh, absolutely. And I saw where we finished number one in the overall gross, you know, the gross, um, revenue yeah. for, for a tour of 2019. I think we actually are number one. Um, for a while last year, kiss took us over cause they were doing, they're doing the, sure, you know, the, the end well. of the road. Right. So I think we, uh, but since we had more shows, it, it looks like if you have two bands doing 60 shows, which is about what we did in about a month and a half, you put that together. What's that's 120. Yeah. So if you play 120 arena shows, another number I saw was you now have the most arena shows, <laughs> you know, and that was even performed in America. Right. So you think about tours are kind of becoming more efficient and scaling down. Cause mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised by that. If you have 120 arena shows that puts you at most shows. Hmm. And we also had most in, uh, you would call it, I guess, most increase in revenue over the prior year. Right. So it was most improved, um, revenue. They had a spot in there. Jeez. Um, if I'm not mistaken now, I might be a little off on some numbers, but I'm pretty sure that we actually, uh, we also gained the most from last year's total revenue to this from 2018 to 2019. So they found a way to you know, without raising ticket prices too much to do that, which is pretty amazing. I just look inside a lot of these numbers and I'm like, this is ridiculous. And the fact that I'm in the band. Right. That's always <laughs> I go, the, whoa. <laughs> that's like the best part is that, that you're, you're a part of it. You know, you've, you literally dude. the last time I saw you perform with sabotage was at Peabody's down under, which held like 300 people. And now you're, yes. now you're a part of the biggest, the biggest touring entity in the world. It, it, it's amazing. And it's awesome. And, you know, we could definitely talk about it all day long, but I know you have other interviews to do. So why don't we do this? Zach, why don't we um, why don't we wrap up with um, with something new from Archangel? Uh, the name of the album once again is called Fallen. It's a great re- it is a great release if you are a fan of of Zach's or Sabotage or Circle to Circle any of it. I mean, it's very recognizable when you hear Zach's voice. So Zach, why don't you pick a song and maybe tell us a quick story about it to wrap it up? Um, all right, uh, let's go with the with the second single that was released here recently, it's called rise. Okay. Um, and this is just a sneak that they brought out a a week or so ago, um, to say that we're going to open up downloads, you know, so you can, you can actually download a single. Okay. But because the release is on Valentine's day. So anybody who has a date, or not, you should be presenting, you know, go get the album first and then present it. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but it's an interesting release date, but this was one that came out, you know, prior. So you can start down low. So the song is rise and it's sort of a concept album, um, in a lot of respects, 
you have an, the archon who, back in Greek Gnosticism, he's the go-between. He's the medium between the people of Earth and the gods. If the people on Earth wanted to have anything translated to the gods, you supposedly had to have this archon. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's the he's sort of the main character of the concept here that's given us lyrical content and probably will take us into subsequent records. But so we have a little bit of a concept. Oh. Um, uh, we have the guy who the guy who's chosen was kind of um, unlikely because you're talking about a rich businessman who also ha- basically had a little bit of, of he lived a life of excess, which also unfortunately included alcohol and drugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's a rich businessman, but he's got a substance abuse problem and he's riding around in limos and trying to get to meetings and stuff and then gets called upon by the gods that you are the archon. We have special missions for you to save the people of earth and protect them from certain bad things that are going to happen. So he's like, what me? I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. I don't want to have any part of it. Sorry. Unfortunately, you don't have a choice. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm imagining uh, Shazam here. If you were going way back to the Shazam, right. when Billy is talking to the. <laughs> <laughs> so it's ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> um, so let's say you've got this Billy type character mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's looking up at the um, at the mentors or whatever the, you know, the stone gods up there and they're going, well. You have the special powers we need, and nobody else does, but you don't really know what those are yet, but we're going to sort of groom you in so you can protect the earth. He's like, forget it. Well, sorry, you don't have a choice. This song represents when he's acceptance. He's accepted the role now. He realized you can't get out of it. You're cleaning up. You're going to have to, you know, get a, you know, you're going to have to clean up your lifestyle, and you're going to have to rise to the occasion. And this is where this is the process where he's actually rising um, to the occasion. So that's what this song's about. All right. Well, let's check it out right now. It is Rise. It's Archangel right here on your classic metal show. <laughs> 